you were going to go anyway because it's Disneyland and you love Disneyland and you want to experience whatever magic they have to offer, right? So, like, that wasn't... Mm. Well, 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 wait, wait a second. Wait a second, mm. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Mm. Oh, okay, go back. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Thanks for coming by uh, to listen to another episode in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge miniseries. Now, that might seem weird. Like, why am I fangirling Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? It's kind of niched, uh, and it's, you know, a very specific thing to get excited over. But, guys, if you know me, you know I love Disney. Like, not just a little bit. Like, it's a ridiculous amount of of Disney in my life. Uh, I, I do run Disney. I play Disney. I speak Disney. Uh, my dogs were named after Disney characters once upon a time. Uh, that is also kind of where Star Wars factors in as well. Um, you know, my son is named Luke, and that is not an accident. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am I am one of those people. And today I have two more of those people, and we are going to talk about Galaxy's Edge and their unique perspective of being Batu residents who probably had no idea that that would actually happen in the end. Because guys. They don't. They didn't Star Wars. This 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 was not their thing, and yet, yet here we are. So, as a reminder, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet, so I am relying on these friends to give me all the feels and explain how and what all this means to them, and share that with you. I met both of them from one of my business biggest fandoms, and that's Run Disney. And first up is Ivy. You can find her crocheting all over Disneyland. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. <laughs> all right. And where can where can they buy your creations? So you can find me at CozyConeCrafts.com. Um, and all of my designs are also on Instagram at the handle CozyConeCrafts. And then my personal fun stuff is at Ivy Ann across social media. All right. And we also have Lindsay who's visiting us. Uh, and Lindsay, you get the honor of being the first fanboy on my show. Well, that's a treat. That's a lot of fun. I love broadcasting from another blogger's business. So that's great. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for joining us. And tell us, tell us where we can find you on social media. Well, you can still find me on social media at Sharp Endurance. I think my domain is still active at sharpendurance.com. I'm not sure. But all of my Facebooks, Twitters, and Instagrams are still Sharp Endurance. And yes, it's true. I still run sometimes. <laughs> I was trying to think about how I met you guys. And Lindsay was easy. I, I have a very distinct memory of, of when I first met Lindsay. Oh, God. But I think we all do. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, Lindsay, you don't forget Lindsay, right? <laughs> this was back in the heyday, back in the early, early days of Run Disney, when Team Run Disney had like 300 people. Oh. And now it has like, you know, 30,000, something ridiculous like that. And you and Corral G, hashtag Corral G. Hey. Yeah, yeah. See, I told you, I go way back. Um, you guys ran that 20th anniversary marathon weekend and i followed your little group uh all over twitter as you guys ran all over disney world and that was like the first time that uh, that's when Lindsay came into my life so that's that 
Well, at least that's a fun story. At least it's not a terrible one. So I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you guys were great. And what I loved about it, I think it just was such a, it was such a cool story and and says so much about the Ren Disney community. And and I think that's why it just stood out to me so much. You guys didn't even know each other. No, we were just complete strangers that were completely undertrained for a marathon. Well, I think a couple (laughs) of them are trained. I know I certainly wasn't because I remember one of my favorite pictures of that weekend is around mile 24 back when Hollywood Studios still had the back lot. Mm -hmm. And they had Mike and Sully back there like by New York Street. And I actually like just lay down on the floor <laughs> and I just refuse to get up and there's a full character photo and I'm just passed out. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this anymore, but <laughs> we had truly the best time and we're still great friends. We still have our group chat that still exists to this day. A lot of people were trying to register for New York's 50th anniversary thing today through Strava. So watching that go haywire on my phone all day was great, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, those kind of memories last for a long time and that's what this community is really about. And that's one thing I truly do love about it is it's the friends and people you meet. Like Ivy and I have been like the closest of friends that we met through running and I was only shopping for her fiance, but I'll let her tell that story later. But (laughs) (laughs) for another day, but yeah, fun story. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's how, and then Ivy, I think actually speaking of fiances, I think it was AJ that I first was introduced to or or met online or or whatever. And then you came along with your adorable, uh, cute engagement picture. I think that's how I met you was through AJ somehow. Um, But I can't even, I can't remember specifically, but you've just kind of always been there. And whenever you show up at Disney World and I'm there, it makes me so happy because you're always so happy to be at Disney. Oh, I am so (laughs) So. happy to always be at Disney. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So I, 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 and I, and I remember uh, when I ran my terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible marathon. Uh, I saw you running, like I was going into uh, Wide World of Sports, and you were coming yes. out of Wide World, and you were just like fresh as a daisy and just <laughs> smiling. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was that year or not, but that was one year you ran like a marathon every month or something ridiculous. You know, we do sometimes have some crazy ideas and. <laughs> Try really hard to make them all come true. Yeah, no, that was that was insane. But anyway, so yeah, those are those. That's how I. That's how we. That's how we all know each other. It's all through the beauty of the internet slash Disney. So tell me a little bit about what what's your what's each of your Disney histories. Like I know a little bit about uh, Lindsay in the sense that you were a cast member at one point, but I don't know. You know if um, Disney was in your life all the time, or where did it? How did it start? Where did where did Disney start for you? Okay, this is going to be a fun story, so buckle up, everybody. Okay. (laughs) So I actually was not the biggest Disney fan person before I worked at Disney. And I became a cast member in 2004, and I was there through 2006. And I truly drank the (laughs) Kool-Aid. And I drank the Kool-Aid because there's just something magical, no pun intended, about working there and being a cast member and being able to be that storyteller. And there's something special about being present in that space and being part of that legacy. Mm -hmm. And unless you've really been on that side of the name tag, you kind of don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I know Ivy understands it, certainly because of what AJ does. But that kind of just stuck with me even after I chose to leave. And I've been an annual pass holder ever since. I spent my 25th birthday in Walt Disney World for the very first time. And I was a big old kid the entire time. So (laughs) as I became... You know, as I grew up with Disney, honestly, through my 20s, because I really think that's when you kind of figure out who you are. And that's when you kind of grow up. I kind of carved out this this space for Disney in my life. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love it. And I wouldn't change anything about it at all. 
And my husband works for Disney, which is also strange. I didn't know that's where he worked when I met him. And now it's just fantastic. So now I get to shop a lot and I get to have a good time and we get to vacation a lot. We're also DVC members now. So we are those hardcore Disney fans. But I'm also, and Ivy will be the first person to tell you, um, I'm also critical of Disney too when they don't get it right. Mm-hmm, or when mm-hmm. I feel they don't get it right. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's important to have duality and fairness on both sides of the coin because they don't get it right all the time. No, and and they don't. And I think that that is important to uh, to recognize is that it's not all sunshine and roses in the Disney fandom. There are times where they make us angry and it's not cool. And I think it, I do appreciate when we speak out and we say, hey, ugh, like what is going on, guys? You know? Yeah, so, like putting merchandise in the Main Street Cinema and like Disneyland. That. What like the hell that. is that? <laughs> well, did you did you see? I just saw an update on Twitter that they're taking that back. That they were like, "All right, we made a mistake. We'll 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 pull it out." It's what they deserve. All right, Ivy. What about you? Where how did you come about your? Disney-ness? You know, I think mine's a combination of a lot of different things. I grew up in musical theater, so from a very young age, I was taught to just believe believe in everything and really believe in the magic of imagination. I did not take my first trip to Disney until um, it was actually my seventh birthday around the opening of Toontown. Like I vividly remember we went and Toontown was new. It was when the hills were still bright green. Um, And then I I didn't go again until I was um, about 12. It was when Rocket Rods opened. So I did get the opportunity to ride Rocket Rods before they went away. Oh, girl. Yeah. And then I okay. really didn't go back until high school. Like I had one of a senior trip. And then I went once in my 20s with my family. But, um, you know, it really wasn't a lot of history. But what happened really stuck with me for a long time. So I moved to downtown LA when I was 21. And I have been an AP ever since. Like that was the, one of the first things I did. I signed my lease. I got an annual pass. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so I've been an AP for 12 years. Um, now my fiance, we used to go to the park a lot after work on bad days. <laughs> we like needed some happiness. Mm. And this is when we were just friends. And that would be our go-to place to just really get away. Um, and then we watched Cars Land being built. And then he proposed to me in front of Flo's V8 Cafe. So Cars Land is super special to us. And then AJ left the corporate restaurant industry and went to go work for the mouse. So it it kind of brought my Disney fandom to a whole nother level is it was not just a place we Mm -hmm. went. It was a place that, you know, AJ worked and something we really talked about a lot. So it took it a little bit deeper and it was more than just Disneyland. We were able to start making trips to Disney World and even Disney Cruise Line. So it's kind of turned into a whole nother thing, especially since he started working there. Well, I love both of those stories because it just talks about how, I mean, basically how much Disney is part of not just your life, but your families. You know, you're, you guys have that connection um, through your spouses and working there. And it just, it's, I don't know, it just takes it to a whole nother level, which I think is very cool. And by the way, uh, super not jealous at all about uh, the APs and the hopping over there after a bad day, just for, cause you can. Yeah. No, mm, not jealous. Nope. Nope. We call that Thursday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, uh, yeah, That's, that's the one uh, thing that I will say that uh, someday when I am old and gray, I will 
I will, I will, I will <laughs> move somewhere in Los Angeles so that I can make that happen because I want to be that old lady that shows up every single day at Disneyland and walks through the gates. Um, and yes, it's Disneyland over Disney World, and we can talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> but that's where that that is where my heart will always always be at Disneyland as well. So, all right, now I got to ask you guys. Obviously, Disney fans, but not so much Star Wars no. fans. So how? How did you get here? <laughs> is there is there one moment that stands out to you as like your Star Wars moment? If it if it was when you were in Batu, that's cool. We'll we'll talk about that. If it was some other point that you were like, ah, maybe, or I don't know. But I I I know both of you have expressed that you weren't into Star Wars before. And that's not necessarily the case anymore. I think it's important to um really explain why I didn't like Star Wars. <laughs> and so okay, really let's start there. <laughs> so I, I just have always had a big, big dislike for Star Wars. I was really scared of Yoda as a child, um, really because I was scared of E.T. So Yoda <laughs> looked like E.T. And we were all kind of in the same general, you know, looks. So I was afraid of the movies. And then when I got a little bit older, my younger brother really loved the Star Wars movies. And at that time, it was still the original three. And we did not have a lot of movies growing up. And every night he watched one of those three movies. So I quickly had such a strong dislike for Star Wars. And it had nothing to do with the story or the characters. It was just the fact that it was on my television every day. So I've just always had that negative taste towards Star Wars. Okay, fair. Um, when Run Disney did Star Wars, I had no problem with it. And I was excited. I dressed up each time. Like it wasn't a big deal, but it was just not something that I dove into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, then when AJ decided to move over to the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge team, he really dove into Star Wars and <laughs> more than the movies. He bought all of the books. We have comics. There were TV shows, like everything, you name it, is now in our house. And I still <laughs> stayed away from it. It wasn't until I was really experiencing what Black Spire Outpost has to offer that I was like, not that I get it. I, I still won't say that I get it, but I have a different take on it. And and something crazy happened this week, actually, is Ashley Eckstein started following me on Instagram. So now I feel like I need to like Star Wars. <laughs> I, Get out of my face. I, <laughs> I think that's a requirement as her new best friend. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. I don't know. She's, she's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I just have a different appreciation for it now, I guess I, sh I should say. Now, I did not realize, Ivy, that you actually had a distaste for it. I thought it was more just a meh, like I didn't like it, like it just wasn't your thing. I didn't realize there was an actual, you did not like it, like it, like I didn't realize we were there. So that's very interesting. Now, what about you, Lindsay? What what, what level were you at? Um, I've heard of the space arguments and the galaxy fights, um, and that's about as far as it went. <laughs> I'm very logical and strange and just did, never understood why you would start a story in the middle. Okay. Okay. I was like, it's episode four. Where's one, two, and three. This makes no sense. I'm turned off already. And I was a child and I figured that and out. And you figured that out. Okay. <laughs> so I'm absolutely ridiculous and I'm saying husband is a huge Star Wars fan. He's old. So he's like, <laughs> I grew up on these movies. I love them. 
so they're great. Yay, go me. And I'm like, that's that's wonderful. Go you. <laughs> Yay. I just don't get them. I'm a, I'm, I, I am a Trekker, so I, okay. I prefer Star Trek over Star Wars. But very much um, like Ivy said, that something happens to you when you go on planet. <laughs> and when you see what the Black Spire Outpost has to offer and what Batu actually is and the story behind it, it changes you. I, I I tasted things and experienced things and witnessed things on that planet that honestly gave me a different appreciation for the storytelling that Lucas provides and that Disney provides and just in the utter craftsmanship of the place. Like, <laughs> they slipped you like, some what? more Kool-Aid, Lindsay. They slipped you some more Kool-Aid. Listen to you. <laughs> I drank it and I drank it right out of Oga's Cantina. It was fabulous. <laughs> Shout out to Oga if she's listening. <laughs> that's 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 so awesome. That's so when you went home and you told your husband all this, or was he there? Like, what what's his opinion on all of this? How does he feel about it? I know what AJ has done. AJ's like totally jumped in with all ten fingers and toes, and he's all in. But what about what about your guy? That's actually a really good question. <laughs> so again, cast member he and he's a manager, so he had some opportunity to go on planet before mm-hmm. anybody else did to do some tests and adjust and some activities. And his first perspective was very, I'll let you make your own judgment and opinion about it, which translates in his words of this is not good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I think he had different expectations. Okay. Now, I have no context whatsoever because they did a very good job of no leaks. Right, right. So I knew nothing going in, going in. But when I walked into the Frontierland entrance and I saw the beautiful colors of the banners that were already worn and torn hanging at the entrance, that's when I was all in. I was like, <laughs> look at those colors. Like, just the colors themselves. They're so strategically picked and they make so much sense. Mm-hmm. This is great. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll cut to the chase. The planet itself is beautiful. But to really get a taste of being immersed in the land and doing the activities and doing the other things that you can do to really be part of the story is really what sells it. And that's what changed his mind and brought him around. Okay. Is we went to Savvy's and we were digging through scrap metal, which is such a fun activity. And that activity itself, it's so special. I, I personally hate that people are spoiling it online. I think it's gross. Um, and I think Ivy would agree. Ivy's gone in there a million times and she's cried. <laughs> I have been in tears. I can't even explain the feeling that comes over you just when you experience this. And it's to the point, like, so I had the opportunity to go just a couple of days before Lindsay. And it might have even been the day before. I can't remember. And I remember texting Lindsay and being telling him just like what I was feeling, which I couldn't even put into words. And sometimes it's still hard for me to put into words, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you have to dig through some scrap metal or convince someone that you're with to dig through some scrap metal because it is an experience that you have to go through. And he was like, Ivy doesn't even like star Wars and this is how she feels. So I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I was so happy that I was able to be there with Lindsay on his first experience, and we were dying together. <laughs> dying, unreal that, thing. Dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because here's the thing: like I'm cheap, and I was not planning on 
digging through scrap metal and doing that experience. Um, and I kept thinking, I mean, gosh, how big of a deal can it be? Or, you know, I have not watched any of the videos. I have not Good, watched. Don't, don't. Yeah, I, don't. I haven't watched anything that has happened, uh, which is really weird for me because unlike Lindsay, I'm all about spoilers. I like spoilers, but I have not done it yet because honestly, it's because of you guys keep saying you you just have to do it. You have to do it. And so while I'm still cheap and I'm still probably not going to pay for it myself, I am going to find someone. I have somebody who said that uh, their husband is, you know, a thousand percent in. He's he's getting at least one and we're going to go do this. And I was like, okay, put me on your list. I want to go in with you guys and have this experience because of what you have described. I mean, if it's bringing Ivy to tears. Every time. I've been three times every in, time. in the workshop. Yeah. And every time I cry. Yeah. And it is to the point to where um, I'm very fortunate and going again this weekend. And I am going to build my own scrap metal. Uh, like, we are at that. Yes. <laughs> so when, when Lindsay found me in Batu, I was in Droid Depot building my own droid. I was like, I'm in, I've already had too much Kool-Aid. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but now I'm taking home a droid. Like this is just what happens. <laughs> well, I think that's also a very good warning to those of us who think, ah, you know, where, where, where it's not going to affect us. Oh yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> But, 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 you know, I think that's also part of the magic is sometimes you don't know what's going to affect you until you're right, there. Right, right. Like for me, I don't think I would necessarily do Droid Depot, but I did buy a DJ Rex Bluetooth speaker. So that's kind uh-huh. of like my Droid because I live and stand. <laughs> but I really, but again, after Ivy was sharing about the experience at Savvy's Junk Scrapyard, I'm like, okay, I, I have to do it. And I'm not cheap by any means. <laughs> uh, it's part of my downfall. <laughs> but I, I, I was like, I want to do this again. And I probably okay. will. Okay. Uh, see, I think that's, I think that's just that's that's speaking volumes. That's just like the testament to what Disney has created and what they and what Star Wars and, and Lucas have all pulled together and and done. If if this is if this is the response that they're getting out of folks that we're not fans, that we're not super interested. I mean, you were gonna go. I mean, let's let's be real here. You were going to go anyway because it's Disneyland and you love Disneyland and you want to experience whatever magic they have to offer, right? So, like, that wasn't... Mm. Well, 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 wait, wait a second. Wait a second, mm. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Mm. Oh, okay, go back. Go, go, tell, tell me I'm wrong. Fix this. So, I was... When they announced Galaxy's Edge, I thought that it was great. Of course, it's going to be beautiful. We've seen what they did with Cars Land, Pandora, Toy Story. You know, we, we know that that they can build something great. Fine. I was not super excited to go. I figured I'd get there eventually. I didn't want to deal with the people. And exactly. Like that's the one thing that I, I was like, you know, I'll let the people who are really into it, you know, they can have it. And I will just stay in California adventure and hang out by the fun wheel and no big deal. Well, Lindsay and I both had the opportunity to go during cast previews. And so we were thinking this was going to be our time to go less crowds, get in early and get out. Then the reservations opened and I had a little bit of FOMO (laughs) and and thought, okay, well, I at least should make a reservation in case I want to go back. And so we made some reservations, some other friends made reservations and added different people and now we are at a point to where reservations are almost over. And I am devastated about that because I need to just go more. And But now there's more people. So we went from thinking it was something we would not really experience till 
probably after the new year to now we want to go all the time. And we're talking about skipping work to go on Tuesday. (laughs) And I'm going to take it a click deeper than that. I was irritated and devastated when I heard they were putting it in Disneyland Park in the first place. Okay, okay. I did not go up for that at all. I was angry. I was irate. I said, this is baloney. (laughs) This is going to be terrible. How are they going to do that? That makes no sense. DCA doesn't make any sense either. But hey, Hollywood Studios, I get it. That makes perfect sense. I can see it. I see the vision. You, you, You just sold me. But Disneyland Park, I'm grossed out. And turns out, you don't remember you're in Disneyland Park when you're on planet. Okay, so that's that's really funny because somebody else I talked to, she said the same thing. While the entire time she was in Batu, and then when you finally have to leave and she walked out through Critter Country and it was she said it was almost jarring because you are you're just so sucked in that you are on this planet that you completely forget that you're in Disneyland. Ivy and I like to talk about the Batuian hangover because <laughs> when you're taking your transport to the planet it takes a lot of energy to um, transfer and move between galaxies. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. when you're immersed, I'm telling you, and Ivy can attest, you're immersed. You are on Black Spire Outpost. <laughs> and when you leave, that I think the word jarring is actually really good because you're like, oh, Frontierland, the ghetto. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel disappointed when I leave. Like, I leave and I'm in Disneyland and that's the disappointing part. Like, And that's the level of how amazing this place is. Is. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh, guys. See, I thought I was hyped. I, I thought I was totally hyped for this before. And now you guys are blowing my mind. And I'm I'm not even over here faking any second of that excitement. I hope you guys can hear it. Because uh, let me tell you, I was kind of like you. I, I didn't want to deal with the crowds. And I'm a crowd person. Like I, I dig crowds. I like standing in lines. I know I'm super, super weird, but I you will do weird. that. I am weird. I know. I, I am one of those people. But it's because um, I'm assuming that if I'm standing in line for four hours, it's with my people. It's with the same kind of people who are that fangirly or that excited about whatever it is we're standing in line for. Like there's a reason for it, right? So I always feel like, I don't know. There's a community in the lines somehow, some way. So I'm a, I'm a big old weirdo in that sense. And, but at the same time, I had in my head that Galaxy's Edge was going to be so insane and so crazy because of what Star Wars is and, and the fandom that is out there. And so I was also planning on avoiding it. My first trip was not going to be until October. And then uh, I, I am coming for D23 Expo now. So I was like, oh, well, this works out. I'll be able to go and see it while I'm at Disneyland. <laughs> while you guys were showing off all your pictures and making me super jealous and the FOMO built up, I finally reached out to a friend and was like, hey, you still have room for me on your reservation <laughs> for opening day at Disney World? And she was like, yep. <laughs> So I know the FOMO and I'm and now I'm so hyped about actually getting to experience opening day with and it's going to be totally different for Disney World than Disneyland. But, you know, being there on opening day for this because of you guys, because of all the hype that you have given to me, you've just given me this life. And I feel like I need to be on Batu now. Our impact, our influence. You won't be disappointed. Hashtag influencers. And you guys, it's just because you loved it that much, which is still like it just blows my mind that you two in particular came away with those feelings. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super excited about going. When you walked in for the first time, what were you, what were you feeling? What, what can, can you describe kind of how you felt? Was it an immediate reaction or did it take a minute for you to kind of build up and get the hype or was it just like knocked you over and you were there? Oh my gosh. It's 
it is unreal. So when I entered for the first time, I entered from the, the entrance from um, by Thunder Mountain. And you go, you basically like dip down under the railroad tracks a little bit. And so you're waiting to get the view in and you would like, can't see, but you're getting closer and the John Williams score is getting louder and it's, it's just (laughs) insane. And so we walked in facing the droid depot right away. And for me, that's my favorite entrance. That's my favorite way to see the land. Um, You see the the cantina and everything is off to your right. And so you would head that direction. There are other really large, beautiful buildings to your left that have all the banners and flags. And then you can see the tips of the spires in the background. And all of a sudden, it's like everything takes over. You don't know what just happened. You have no idea where you are. But you also can't read anything. So you really don't know where you are. <laughs> like legit. You don't I mean, we can now. <laughs> oh, yeah. After some practice and being in the land for a while, it, it makes a little bit more sense. But that first time I walked in and I was confused, I was excited, <laughs> I was so overwhelmed. And AJ was really excited to share all this with me because he was under such a strict NDA mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I had no idea what he was doing mm-hmm. most days. He would mm-hmm. come home and you know AJ and you know how much AJ loves to talk about what he does and loves <laughs> to tell stories and he had to be silent. So he was like over, like come with just emotion and things to say and things to show me. And I had to be like, I need you to just chill for a second. And I just want to walk and figure out where I am and what's happening. But it's like, it's an unreal feeling when you enter. Ah, that's awesome. That's so awesome. All right. What about, what about you, uh, Lindsay? So my first time was actually at the Fantasyland Mm -hmm. um, entrance, which is actually my favorite. (laughs) Interesting. Um, yeah, that's actually my favorite. Critter Country is not my favorite. It is a long hike to nowhere. Yes. But it does take you through the resistance camp and that's fine, but whatever. But on the right side, on the Fantasyland side, I like that entrance a lot because the first thing that caught my eye, and I've said it earlier, were those beautiful banners that were hanging from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about them. I don't know why it is about them. But seeing those made for a really great transition because they're not just banners. They don't look, nothing in the land looks new. It looks worn. It looks like it's been there for centuries. The colors were still so warm and vibrant and alive. It made for a really fun transition. And then it drops you right next door to the milk stand (laughs) and the first order depot. And you're like, huh, there's a tie fighter here. That's weird. (laughs) Oh, uh, really fun fact. All of the aircraft are actually made of real airline material. Oh, interesting. All right. So so if you touch them, they're going to feel like airplanes. That's um, cool. <laughs> so cool. See, they're so, oh, they're so cool. All right. So for me, it was definitely jarring. I was, I was very much like Ivy said, I was disoriented a little bit and a little confused because like you said, you can't read anything because everything is an aberish and mm-hmm. now we're fluent. Now we can write and spell it and speak it. It's great. But you're like, where do I go? It's 14 acres of happiness. <laughs> and it's broken up really into three parts and um, and you start on like either one side or the other. So it takes a minute for you to get your bearings, but once you really understand it, it's great. And it's also really fun to know that they're, that the signs have no words. Everything is symbolic. So very much like Pandora has signage with no words in front oh, of like okay, uh, Navi okay. River or Flight of Passage, how they have those statues that kind of signify where the attraction is. Right, right. Very similar. So Ronto Roasters has like a Ronto flame banner, which is like my favorite. I want to hang one in my house. Zappies <laughs> have a lightsaber banner. Cantina has it marked on the wall, but it is actually over the door. I think that's actually a, a law thing that it has to say it. But 
outside of that, it, it's it's jarring in the best possible way. You, it blows your mind. And when you do leave, you're like, what's this? I don't want this. I want to go back. <laughs> when they kick you out after your four hours are up. <laughs> Who leaves? I stay. <laughs> how, so how many times have each of you been ha, been able to go? And I, and I know it might sound like a whole lot to um, to some folks, but everybody, as a reminder, these two are a cast member family. So they got in early, but then in addition to that, they're Disneyland locals and they know lots of peeps. And when the reservations were made, you could add extra people on. So it's not like they hoarded all the reservations. They just have friends who want to take them on planet. So how many times have you guys uh, each been? (laughs) I pay rent. (laughs) We live there. Yeah. Okay. You forwarded your mail. You're okay. That's the address. Never mind then. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what what one word reaction can you give me? But that is not using the word immersive because everybody is using that word. So I'm trying to come up with something different. What one word reaction uh, can you can you say outside of immersive uh, when you're standing in the land? extroversion. You have to extrovert Extroversion. so hard, which is so hard for me, but it makes such Ugh. a difference. And sometimes, sometimes I don't really want to talk to the cast members, but they make it so you have to talk to them. And so it just, I, it just requires a lot. Like when I get off planet, so these reservations are four hours. I am exhausted Mm -hmm. at the end of those four hours. Okay. And it's because each of the cast members kind of have their, their backstory and their role, not just, you know, the typical Disneyland, everybody has a role, but I mean, they have something different going on here. So there's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes they tell you about themselves. Sometimes they just ask you a ton of questions and you're like, I'm I'm just literally Uh standing uh by the restroom waiting for my friend. And (laughs) Oh my God. Um, And then there's also roaming characters (laughs) There are no real character meet and greets. They're all roaming. And so all of a sudden, they'll just come Mm -hmm. up to you. I personally, you know, Chewy is nice and and fuzzy, but he's also very big and so sometimes frightens me and came up to me during fireworks (laughs) and put his hands on my shoulders to watch fireworks with me. And it like was awesome and freaky all at the same time. So there's just so much emotion that happens from all of the interactions. Okay. Oh, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's a good word. That's And that's also a good... I don't know, semi warning for those that aren't prepared for that exactly. So that's 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 a good good info there. What about you, Lindsay? Um the word I would use standing in Batu is sickening because it's absolutely sickening in the <laughs> best possible way. And, and and I know people are using the word immersive a lot because that's a Disney WDI buzzword. But mm-hmm. in this instance, they absolutely got it right. And there are ways for you to actually be immersed without just saying, oh, you're just surrounded by lots of pretty buildings and tall spires. No, when you go to Joy Depot, which is which was the cutest thing to watch Ivy walk out with her Joy, which I never <laughs> thought I would ever see. And I'm gonna put her on blast right now. Um, so she comes out with her beautiful droid and she's having the time of her life. It has a first order personality chip in it. And she's walking around the land with with all of us. And there's different spots in the land based on where you are in proximity. Like if you're at the resistance camp and your droid has a first order chip in it, it'll react and be weird and freak out or get angry. (laughs) So Ivy's like talking to her droid as we're walking through galaxy's edge. And it's that kind of thing that does make it immersive, right? It's not just you picked up a fork stuffed animal, put it on your head. It's no, I built this. It's my child. I love it. It has a personal (laughs) backpack. 
and I'm going to play with it with my other friend who has, you know, their own droid and they're going to communicate. It's fun. So it is immersive, but it's also sickening. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That I heard um, somebody said that they and their husband each got a droid. And when they were driving home, the two droids were in the back seat talking to each other. Like they were interacting. So the droids can interact with each other too. Which is- yeah. And that was the selling point on it for me. My favorite characters in Disney movies are always the sidekicks that can't re- can't speak English. And so they just make <laughs> noises or are very expressive. So when AJ told me that I could pick my droid and what it was going to look like, but that it was going to have a personality that would react to different places in the land. I knew that the first thing I was going to do the morning that we went in was build a droid. So I could start (laughs) experiencing what it was like to have a droid in all of the areas around the land. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So do you have any suggestions for someone who's taking their first trip to the planet, um, something specific or some small detail or something that might be overlooked that first time, uh, you know, what, what's the one thing that you want to tell someone and that someone is me, um, not to miss (laughs) when I walk in that first time. (laughs) I think there's a couple different things. One is it's hard to do everything. Even once the reservation period's over, Mm -hmm. it's hard to just do everything that you want to do. And just like any other places in Disney when it's busy. And if there are specific things you want to get done, make sure that you have those as your priority. And that is the first place you're going to go or you're going to enter where you can to make sure you're strategic about it. So I would definitely say like that can be overwhelming, but you also have to take a moment and appreciate the land for what it is. The one thing that I really liked is it wasn't a place that I had expectations of. You know, it wasn't like Radiator Springs or it wasn't like Pandora. This was a whole new place. So I wasn't walking in with any visions of what it should be like. Being able to walk around and experience and think that someone really imagined this place, like someone built this place, somebody then like physically built it. And then there's all this lighting and decor. And it's so beautiful and amazing to think about the things that we like people get to create and then tell these stories to others. So even though there's a lot to eat, there's a lot to drink, there's a lot to buy, there's also a lot to see. And I think that that's one thing that people are going to really overlook mm-hmm. right at the beginning because you're just trying to get somewhere so fast or you know get in a line, but there is just so much mm-hmm. that you can take mm-hmm. in. Like there's droid tracks on the ground. So it's from from the tip of the spires to literally the walkways there is just so much detail. Take your time. Okay. Honestly, take your time to, so I mentioned it. Um, Black Spire Outpost is broken up into three sections and all three sections feel vastly different and they move and they have a different emotion about them. And if you really just stop and take a moment and focus in on those places where you're sitting and enjoying, you're going to get that vibe and you're going to understand the story a little bit better. To Ivy's point, there's droid marks in the ground. The audio profiling in that land is out of control. You hear the ships and things flying over you and you hear them travel through the land. Oh, that's awesome. I I hadn't heard that before. That's awesome. It's out of control. (laughs) Like Like the level of detail and the Easter eggs in that land are nuts. And, and like Ivy says, being an extrovert is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you wouldn't believe that, but but it's really hard for me too. Yeah. But, you know, when you do talk to the cast members and they're really into it, it only makes you get into it. If I have to pick something, 
you know, I would definitely recommend doing some sort of immersive experience. And that does require either a droid or scrap metal. Okay. And that's only because you're going to feel a different way about the land and you're going to feel connected to it in a way that you, um, ne- you wouldn't necessarily, if you don't do those things, you can certainly appreciate the beauty of black spire outpost without those things. It's not a requirement, but to get the most out of your experience, I definitely recommend it. And this is not a plug for AJ whatsoever, but the cantina <laughs> is everything. Everybody keeps talking about the cantina. And I think I, I was like, I, I think I could skip that. I think I, and then I was totally, nope. Told, nope, nope, nope. You will, you will regret it. And I was like, okay, never mind. I will go to the cantina. I mean, I just, I, there was like a line to get in line, to get in line, to go to the cantina at one point. I know they've changed everything around. And so now it's got reservations and it's much more civilized. I'm totally down with that. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. Everybody that has gone into the cantina cantina has uh, reported back to me that the drinks are great. The atmosphere is perfect that it's just it blows your mind you are you're in the movie you know you're you're there and uh yeah i i i i'm down i'm down i'm gonna do it it's gonna happen it's oh gonna i'm happen. so excited but i would totally love to see you guys um because it it's like been so long since i took our disneyland run disney races away i don't see my my disneyland people like ever anymore i'll, I'll i think i'll speak for me and ivy just let us know when you're here and we'll make it work Awesome. Yay. All right, guys. All right. Well, Patty, I want to add one thing if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I just have some scenarios for you. So just think about when you're visiting Disney World. There are many different ways you can approach the Magic Kingdom. You can, you know, walk down Main Street, head towards the castle and go towards your favorite attraction. For me, I'm going straight to Mine Train. Mm -hmm. Like no big deal. Another way you can approach it, you can walk in the Magic Kingdom. You can take a stroll down Main Street and look at the windows and look at the names that are on the windows. If you have some questions, maybe Google them or, you know, maybe you've read a book about Disney history. You could take it a step further. And when you visit the Magic Kingdom, you could book a, um, you know, the, was it Keys to the Kingdom Mm -hmm, tour mm -hmm. and really learn about what is happening. And so you pay a little bit more, but you get a different experience. That's pretty much what Batuu is built like also. You know, you can go in, you could ride the Falcon, you can have some blue milk, don't skip a Ronto wrap, and you can just, you know, experience it, hit it, get in the lines, fine. Maybe you watch some movies, you talk to some cast members, you know a little bit more about the story, and you approach it a little bit different. Or, you know, you can just dive in headfirst, you can build yourself a lightsaber and a droid, and you're going to get something different out of it. So it's it's kind of on the same level that everything else is in the park. The more you really put into it, the more you're going to get out of it and the different experience you're going to have. Yeah. Now I need to do all the things. So (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. uh, My visa says, thanks guys. We appreciate that. (laughs) No, for real. That, um, that was perfect. That was perfect. Thanks for, for your thoughts and your um, explanations of things. I, I really think this, helped me even more. And I, like I was saying before, I didn't think I, I didn't think I was at a bigger hype level than I could get to. Uh, But yeah, congratulations. (laughs) You guys won. (laughs) Usually happens. (laughs) But Patty, you know what this means, right? What what does this mean? 
So after you go on planet and come back, you know, we have to do a recap all together and we have to have a conversation about it. Oh, we totally do. We totally do. Okay. That's, it's a date. It's a date. We will make that happen. Um, we'll bring you guys back on so we can deep dive and discuss. And I'm going to get to see Disney World. So I'll also be able to report a little something, something to you guys on if it's different, if I had a different experience, East Coast versus West Coast. Lindsay and I are trying to figure out when we can hit the East Coast side sooner rather than later because now we are all in (laughs) yeah and and, and honestly this is a weekly conversation between ivy is when can we go back home which is what we call disney world and and we look and we try to make it work and i i wager it's going to happen before november watch i i swear to god ivy i know we're gonna oh it's happening (laughs) to be honest i am surprised that you're not gonna be there you know, September 1st, to be to, to be totally honest. I kind of figure you may not show up for the opening day craziness since we're not getting reservations the same way that you guys did. But uh, yeah, I can I can see that. And uh, never say never. It, it won't surprise me. Yeah, it won't surprise me to hear it either. So just keep me posted on, on your plans. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Um, I had a ton of fun uh, with these guys as always. And, uh, you know, next time I see them, we're going to we're going to go hit up that cantina and our favorite bartender there and uh, see if we can chat some more. But, um, you know, everybody that's listening, I hope you enjoyed this little mini series on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I definitely enjoyed bringing it to you. And if you like what you heard today or on any of the other episodes, please remember to leave a five-star review and subscribe. Um, The reason why is because it helps other fangirls find us. You know how algorithms work these days. And you got to tell... You got to tell iPod, you got to tell Google that you like this and that you, that other people need to hear it. So go ahead and hit up that five stars for me. It's, it's never fun to fangirl alone. So the more people, the better, right? And uh, don't forget that every Monday we are also going to be doing some movie reviews. And then I, every, I think I've decided it's now going to be every Thursday instead of every Friday. I think that just works in my schedule, but every Thursday I'm going to drop conversations like this about fandoms and there will definitely be more Disney coming um, because as you can tell, we kind of like it around here. So thanks for hanging out with us on the no guilt fangirls podcast. And we hope you'll come back to fangirl with us again real soon. Uh, Thanks Ivy. Thanks Lindsay. Thanks Patty. You bet. See you soon until the spire.